from KQED. I'm Olivia Allen Price, and we're on day three of Bay Curious Prop Week. Today, we're digging in on Proposition 5. Proposition 5 would basically expand Prop 13. Prop 13 passed 40 years ago and gives property owners low, low property tax rates with only tiny increases. And now with the state and especially the Bay Area in the middle of a housing crisis, voters are being asked to double down on Prop 13. Problem is it doesn't really increase the housing stock. Today, Erica Aguilar and the team at The Bay Podcast will dig into the pros and cons of Prop 5. Stick around. Support for Bay Curious comes from Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Founded in 1980, it's still family-owned, operated, and argued over. And still the pale ale that sparked a craft beer revolution. Sierra Nevada, still the one. And be sure to stay tuned through the end of the show so you can play our monthly trivia game for a chance to win some cool prizes. A young correctional officer. He said it was the most dangerous prison in California. Forced to make a choice. Fulfill his oath or back his fellow officers. Recognize the badge of my office. I'm Suki Lewis from KQED Podcasts comes on our watch season two, New Folsom. A story about who gets hurt when the system that promises to keep us safe is bent on protecting itself. Find it wherever you listen to podcasts. So let's start at the beginning. If you don't mind. First of all, tell me your name and, and, oh, okay. and a little bit about yourself. Oh, God. <laughs> Kenneth Wilkins is a longtime resident of North Oakland. Scott Schaefer is senior editor of the California Politics and Government Desk at KQED. Just spell your name for me. Kenneth. K-E-N-N. He's been there. He was born, basically, in, in the area. And you, so you moved here, and you say, 86? Uh, 19... 19- uh, 76. It's a beautiful neighborhood. It's a very quiet, tree-lined streets, uh, mostly single-family homes, a few larger apartment buildings. Uh, there's a lot of construction going on. It seems like everyone who purchases a house, or they're refurbishing it. He was walking me down the street. Uh, this house like, was the Dixons here, and they were here when I came in 1976. And this one here, uh, Mr. Armstrong, he helped us with some plumbing. So he's been on the block for like 40-some-odd years or so. How much was that house when he first bought it? Well, it was very funny. He pointed to a car, his car, that was parked in front of the house, and he said... Uh, actually, it costs less than this car. This, <laughs> Is that right? This car costs 21000 I think, and it was less than that. It's like a Toyota, but it wasn't like a Tesla, <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's what I'm it was saying. like a beat-up Toyota. Wow. So that's just how... That's just representative of what the housing market looked like back then. You know, not something he could find in his, you know, the cushions of his couch. He had to get a yeah, loan. Sure. But nonetheless, you, you get a sense of, uh, you know, how much it's gone up. It's Those houses now sell for three quarters of a million or more. I never dreamed that a, a house would be sold for over a million in this neighborhood. Uh, but they do. They, but they do. I want to get into Proposition 5, but before we do that, I feel like we have to talk about Proposition 13. So can you tell me the story of how Proposition 13 became a California law? Yeah, you have to go back to the late to mid-1970s. 
Jerry Brown was governor. After two terms of Ronald Reagan's conservatism, California voters who elected Jerry Brown governor last year were expecting several changes in state policy. The cost of everything was going up quickly because inflation was high. And back then, local governments could raise the property taxes whenever they wanted to. And, you know, so if they needed to pay for something, they raised property taxes a little bit. And so people's tax bills were going up as the value of their homes went up. Inflations hit the standard of living particularly hard here, and soaring property taxes have been a major factor. People, especially seniors on fixed incomes, were having a hard time staying in their homes. And at the same time, the state had a, a pretty big budget surplus. And so there was all this talk in Sacramento about, well, gee, why don't we give people a tax rebate? But that didn't happen. So there was this frustration building. I am forming the American tax reduction movement for the United States. There were two guys. Mm -hmm. Howard Jarvis and Paul Gann, who became the spokespeople for this tax revolution. And the purpose of this amendment is, number one, to reduce the amount of money that government takes in in taxes, because we think the only way you can cut spending is to not give them the money in the first place. What was the reaction to it? Like, how popular was it back then? It was really popular. Proposition 13 caused what may be a record voter turnout. I mean, this was really um, an overwhelming passage. It was probably got about 65% of the vote in 1978. We have proven here in California that we, the people, not the politicians, are still the boss. A thunderous response for Howard Jarvis, the 75-year-old... Proposition 13 did a few things. First, it taxed homes based on their 1976 values. Then, for anyone buying a house after that, Prop 13 set the property tax rate at just 1% of home sales price. And it can only be increased by a maximum of 2% each year until the house is sold again. A lot of people say it's taken, I mean, it has taken a lot of money away from schools. You sure. know, those pro local property taxes are used to fund programs, including education. I think it, when Prop 13 passed, uh, California was near the top in per-pupil spending. You know, now we're more toward the, the bottom. Back to Ken, what does Proposition 13 mean for him? Like, how does it affect him, considering that there's a lot of movement along his block? Well, he's clearly benefited from it. And do you remember if you voted for it? I think I, I, think I did. His tax bill is, I don't know exactly what it is, but it's a lot less than somebody who lives next door and just bought the house and mm -hmm. is paying taxes based on the market rate assessment. So uh, can people move their low property tax rates around right now, or does it just stick to the house or the property that you own? If you're 55 years or older or severely disabled, you can buy a home of the same or less value and take that with you to another county if that county has agreed to accept that lower value. So not all counties are in on this. Not all counties. In fact, most counties are not. So just about 10 of the 58 counties in California have agreed to accept this lower tax rate. So what problem is Proposition 5 trying to solve? If you talk to realtors or if you talk to seniors... California realtors have an important chance to protect California's homeowners and extend much-needed property tax protection to seniors... That they have these big homes that they're rattling around in and they really would like to downsize. Mm -hmm. The problem is they've got this great deal on their property tax because mm -hmm. they've been there so long and they know that if they move and buy 
you know, a market value home, their tax bill is going to go way up. It will remove an unfair moving penalty or property tax spike that prevents many seniors from selling their single family home in order to downsize or move closer to their children. The argument here is, well, they're going to they will sell their big house, move to a smaller house and free up their bigger house for young families that want a three or four bedroom place. The problem, of course, is can a young family afford to buy that house? Who has introduced Proposition 5? Like, who, who backs it? Hi there, my name is Linda Eisenman. I'm a broker, a real estate broker in California. The California Association of Realtors and their national association as well have kicked in at least $7 million mm-hmm. to collect the signatures, to get it on the ballot, and then presumably to spend some of that money to help get it passed. Market. Yeah, and so they have a you know an interest in it. Um, you know, if you sell a house, you get a commission, uh, and so they like that. It's when people stay put that we have a more stagnant market in general. Okay, who's on the other side? Like, who is against Proposition Five? Local governments are opposed to it. Tenants' rights. Tenants' groups. groups. Yeah, I mean, all these groups, education advocates, because they're afraid that schools right, are going to get less effect. money. All that stuff. David Chu is a assemblyman from San Francisco. He is a big uh, opponent of Prop 5. He thinks it's a big tax giveaway to people who don't really need it. Prop 5 is an enormous tax break for longtime wealthy property owners who get to pile on more tax breaks on top of what they already have while renters and first-time home buyers continue to face higher home prices. It does nothing to actually address the housing crisis, and it continues to exacerbate the income inequality that is unfortunately the story all over the state of California. And the legislative analysts who analyzed this said it's going to ultimately cost local governments about a billion dollars in lost revenue you know, in the coming years if Prop 5 passes. Wow. So what does Ken think about Proposition 5? Like, does, does he think he's going to vote for Proposition 5? You know, he, he's really thinking about it. He's not sure. Uh, he clearly would benefit himself. On the other hand, he's not in a big hurry to sell his house and move. In fact, he said, I'd like to be here till I'm 99 years old. In our case, I don't think we will sell the property. We'll pass it on to the grandkids and the grandkids' kids and so forth. My daughter said... Uh, no, don't sell it, don't sell it. When we get old enough, we won't be able to buy a house, which pretty much came true, right? Uh, she was right. You know, that said, I think he likes the idea of Prop 5, but he also, he's very thoughtful. I'm thinking it might affect the tax base for those other counties or cities. You're right. Uh, and what would that mean? Actually, it would be something, I mean, really think about before you voted against it or for it. Now, Prop 5 is not the only housing-related prop on the ballot. The one getting the most attention is about expanding rent control, Prop 10. We'll have a whole episode about that one on Friday. But there are a couple of other housing props we want to flag for you. First, Prop 1. Should the state issue $4 billion in bonds to fund the construction of affordable housing? Money from Prop 1 would be used to give out low-interest loans for multifamily housing projects. It would also be used to help veterans buy homes. This would give California more housing. But some people say the real barrier to building is bureaucratic red tape, and this won't address that. The $4 billion bond would ultimately cost California taxpayers just short of $6 billion over the next 35 years. 
And then there's Prop 2. Should the state be allowed to use money intended for mental health services to pay for housing for homeless Californians? Back in 2004, voters passed Prop 63, which raised taxes on millionaires to fund mental health services. Lawmakers want to use some of that money to pay for housing for people with mental illness, but it's not clear if they can legally do that. Prop 2 clears everything up. It would allow the state to issue $2 billion in bonds to fund housing projects for people who are homeless and have mental illness. And it would let those bonds be paid back using tax revenues from Prop 63. The so-called housing first method has worked to curb homelessness elsewhere, but putting this money toward housing would mean there would be less going toward treatment and other services. I know we've thrown a lot at you today. So if you have more questions about any of this, especially Prop 5, we're having a Facebook Live where we can dig in even more. That'll be on Wednesday, October 17th at noon. You can RSVP ahead of time so you won't miss it. Details at baycurious.org. You can also check out KQED's voter guide at kqed.org slash elections. Thanks to producer Jessica Placek, politics editor Scott Schaefer, and our friends at The Bay Podcast, Erica Aguilar, Vinny Tong, and Devin Kadayama. Love you guys. Tomorrow, we're talking about the props that could impact our health care in California and potentially the entire country. Bay Curious is made in San Francisco at KQED. I'm Olivia Allen Price. Hi, Bay Curious listeners. Are you ready to play March's trivia game? Every month, we'll read a question here at the end of our episode. You can give us your answers over at our website, kqed.org slash baycurious, or just click the link in the episode description. Out of the correct answers, we'll randomly choose one lucky winner to receive a sweet prize package with Bay Curious swag and Sierra Nevada goodies. Okay, our question for the month is, this Bay Area high school holds the longest winning streak in high school football. They won 151 games in a row between 1992 and 2004. What is the name of the school? Our trivia quiz is made possible by Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Good luck! Hey, John Favreau here. There's no shortage of political takes in 2024, but quantity doesn't cut it. We need a better conversation about the latest biggest election of our lives. On Pod Save America, me and my co-host cut through the noise to help you figure out what matters and how you can help. Every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday, Pod Save America is breaking down the political news that makes us laugh, cry, and snap our laptops in half. Expensive year for laptops. Make sure to check out new episodes of Pod Save America on your favorite podcast platform or our YouTube channel now.